cops. Central organization. Welcome back to another specialist. sizzling episode of Traveling Through the Eighties with the 80s Kids. As always, I'm your host, Rich Oliver. And by my side, as always, is Kyle Lentz. Oh, hey ho, let's go. <laughs> and over standing in the corner by himself is Don Brown. That's where I like to be, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put Donnie in a corner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I try to be in a circular room so I don't get stuck in the corner. But... <laughs> and we're going back this uh, week to another interview style. And yes. Kyle, what are we doing this week? Oh, we have an awesome. I'm, I'm so excited. We got a really interesting guest this week. Uh, somebody uh, who has a lot of history, uh, probably influencing a lot of our childhood memories and things like that. Uh, we have creator, illustrator, artist, however you want to. Uh, uh, put a title on it. Uh, Mark Stevens, uh is here with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So, um, we, like, like I said, I know you have uh, you've worn a lot of hats in the industry, but we talked uh, in the past a little bit. Um, but you, you now you grew up in Syracuse, correct? Is that? It's crime. Yep, North Syracuse. Okay. And and now, yeah. how, what got you into the uh, the art side? Because you're you're in illustrations and and creating and things like that, correct? Um, well, I loved, uh, heroic fiction, you know, heroes. And uh, I had an older brother and they're always comic books in the house. And I love those. And I think what I initially wanted to do was write, but my handwriting is illegible and I never could <laughs> teach myself to type. So I just started drawing basically and, uh, did a lot of sculpting. We, we would, uh, play with a lot of clay as kids and make our own heroes and monsters and stuff. And, uh, that led to, to drawing. So I just picked that up from a pretty early age and I found I had quite a bit of talent at it, which I was able to, you know, turn into a career. Was it, was it like along the lines that you said comic books and things were influential? Was it like you just take a comic book and try to like duplicate that style or, or draw that character in some way or. Yeah. Uh, initially I'd put tracing paper over comic pages. Mm -hmm. I remember there was a Neil Adams story. Um, Moon of the Wolf or mm -hmm. something in one of those 80 page giants they used to have. And I would put, you know, that just blew me away. And uh, I decided that's why I wanted to draw comics. So to try to figure it out, I would trace stuff and try to figure out why the lines were like they were and how the structure went and stuff. And <laughs> then pretty soon I was uh, just drawing on my own. That's I was like cool. 10 then, I think. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. That's awesome. So now um, from there, you, you're obviously, you know, journeying into education and uh you know learning more about art so where did you go to to learn you know some of the the industry style of it well actually in high school i was very lucky i had an art teacher mr d'angelo remember his name which is rare for me remembering names but uh, <laughs> he was a big influence he knew uh, he was a sculptor and he was i don't know a fellow at su or whatever it's called he was affiliated with su and he taught at uh, cicero high school where i went and um, he could see I wanted to be more into illustration and stuff. And, um, you know, he was pulled me aside, like, I think in 10th grade and said, look, I don't really know a lot about illustration. I'm a sculptor. He was a um, uh, surrealist or um, uh, I don't think that's the right word, but it, he wasn't a realistic artist. And um, he gave me some Andrew Loomis books and let me that he had and let me just mm. kind of keep them. One or two, I can't remember which, and um, not keep them, but you know, I could bring them with me and take them home and stuff. And uh, 
he just tried to give me assignments that were illustrative. So I didn't really have to do what the rest of the class did, which was really, really cool and super instrumental in helping me um, get a lot better very quickly. And uh, from there, I went to the Joe Kubert School Oh wow! in, in wow. New Jersey when I was 18. Um, dropped out my second year because I hated to draw and then uh, <laughs> moved furniture for about six months and said, this stinks. So I did some samples and got working work. Oh, wow. So it was now, different days then. Nobody wanted yeah. to draw comics back then. It was, you know, <laughs> comics. <laughs> right. <laughs> What year? What year around is that that you're uh, you're getting into? Ninety-two, eighty-five. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. Because comics were kind of yeah. It was it was just a kind of this niche group of people that were into it. You know, it but they the, sold great. Not what it is today. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say eighty-five great. was about the time everything was just getting ready to explode again with comics. You know, in yeah. the late eighties. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. Those Justice League books came out and were you know had the humor and they were well drawn and then they did just internationally i was lucky enough to do and that just kind of sparked a whole lot of uh and spider-man was big mcfarland got big and, oh yeah you know, things yeah. just took off you know by the 90s they were rolling and then of course the card collectors got in the guys that destroyed the the trading card market <laughs> right yeah got into comics yeah. and did the mm -hmm. same there so right yeah yeah, yeah. But see, it's funny because yeah, like that that eighties to nineties rolling, like the artists became like these rock stars. I mean, it was a really mm -hmm. big deal. Um, you know, which artist you were buying and why you bought yeah. this book because of that artist, and it was such a cool and cool Wizard time. Magazine. Wizard yes. Magazine was awesome for the time, but mm -hmm. you know, that yeah, the magazine it, was great for years. It showcased right. like that. Those uh, pre, that was like pre-internet, pretty much. Where you that's, yep. where, that's where you're going to find your information was, yep. was Wizard. So yeah, it exactly. listed. Tons of comics and creators. I mean, just it was a fun magazine for the comic industry. It was really, you know, I think it really helped propel everything that happened, the surge of Valiant, Image. And, oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. All that stuff. It just, mm -hmm. you know, it, it. people were excited to get Wizard Magazine. I remember every month they were mm -hmm. clamoring for that as much as their favorite comics. Absolutely. So, that, and so cool. I mean. Now, Cubert School—that's that, a pretty, uh, pretty challenging school to get into now, because um, you have to have a pretty decent portfolio. I'm not sure how it was when you went, but um, I'm assuming it was still pretty competitive. It's an art school. Yeah. They need artists, so if you can pay, I was I was really pay. worried about it, about going there because it was Joe Cubert, you know, and mm -hmm, all this yeah. stuff, and then I was. Our teacher, Mr. D'Angelo, helped me put my portfolio together to go down in senior year for a review. And you mm -hmm. can see I was, you know, really nervous about this. And he pulled me aside, he's like, it's an art school. They need people to go to art school. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So, anybody that has the, you know, maybe is thinking of going in that direction, you can kind of give them that pep talk. It's an art yeah. school. <laughs> So now, how long were you at Marvel in? Right. <laughs> how, how long were you at Marvel in, in DC? Were you working oh, through? Well, those, I, uh... my my first uh, comic jobs were at Marvel, and uh, I was woefully ill prepared to draw comics because it's it's the hardest hard job I've ever had. Everything I've ever done. I mean, is just you really have to know your your crap to put a comic page together. Mm. and do it you know um uh quickly enough 
and competently enough and consistently enough to survive. And, and um, I did like three, three jobs for that and just backed out. It was, it was too much for me. Really? Wow. Uh, that was... Wow. I got some work at TSR and okay. uh, a buddy of mine. Like, uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And... Yeah. I did like uh, a, a module or two. And then those, mm. um, know your, your adventure books or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, yeah, it's your own adventure. adventure. Yes. Go to page yeah, 22 if you want to do this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Did a couple of those. And um, <laughs> the same time, I had a friend of mine, Mark Pennington, who went to the Kubert School. He went all three years. And he had graduated by this time and was just hired at Hasbro to design G.I. Joe toys. Oh, and, that's cool. Um, yeah. He got, <laughs> like I said, he got that. Childhood. To uh, hire me to do um, some production paintings, mm. and the first one I did, I had no idea how to paint. By the way, but <laughs> the, like, I'll uh, do it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah well, I'll <laughs> right? <laughs> the first one I did was like this massive. I don't know, twenty-eight by twenty-two, like this big fleshy pink monster. I can't remember the toy line it was for, and I don't have any photos. Oh, uh, was it? Is that in humanoids? Is that it might have been it because it would have been 80. They had the really tall monster 85, 86. I think so. I think they were around. There. I could be wrong, but I think it was around that time. But I had like a month, or I had like three weeks or a month to do it. And I remember with a week left, I was like, this is awful. So I threw it out and started <laughs> over, and I ended up finishing. The day it was due, so I had oh. to drive it from Syracuse to Rhode Island oh, to no deliver way. it. So it got there in time because oh. I didn't. There's no way I could FedEx it or whatever. Right, right, uh, right. And it was painted on canvas, right? So I mean, no, it was an illustration board. Okay, okay. And uh, I don't remember. I must have used Dr. Martin's dyes. I, I don't know. I don't even remember. <laughs> that was a blur. I was so stressed out doing that, and um, they it, liked it, it enough that they hired me to do. G.I. Joe paintings. So I did about seven or eight, you know, presentation paintings that they would take in to the mm -hmm. uh, the their big conference room. And it was more like an auditorium and they would line them up and the um, owners would go by and say, make that one, make that one, make that one. <laughs> and, what an uh, interesting process. Yeah. yeah. How, many, was, how many other like artists were there? I mean, if you're doing uh, one, they have, I mean, was it? Well, they hired Dave Dorman. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yes. Very familiar with Dave Dorman. That's where he got to start. He did tons of them. Mm, okay. And uh, God, who else did them? I can't think of the names. I'm horrible at names. But there are three or four <laughs> guys pretty regularly that did. They, I think they were doing 30 or 40 Joe paintings to pick, I don't know, what was the line, mm. like 22 figures or 30 figures or something. something so they yeah, do they 40 characters or whatever it was. So there were a lot um, of paintings to do in that like three months, two or three months span before that big presentation. Hmm. Or like a ship design, like a vehicle or something like that? Or is it like a mix of These were all figures. The vehicle okay. guys, that was a separate, you know, mm. separate but equal group. Yep. Sure. And they no, did most of their own stuff because there weren't that many vehicles, you know. I think a guy might do, you know, if it was a big vehicle, he'd do one a year. If it was a smaller one, he might do two, I think. Memory serves. And they so, pretty much do their own illustrations for them. Yeah. I was just wondering, so with that, so they uh, commissioned you to do the paintings now. Do you, were you able to keep them if they didn't 
use them or was that considered their no, property? No, no. Yeah. like everything Hasbro got, it went in a file and <laughs> certain set amount of time later, they threw it in a dumpster. Jesus. Wonderful. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and there were guys that knew that and would raid the dumpsters mm. consistently. So yeah, yeah. Almost I can any artwork you find from Hasbro in the 70s, 80s, 90s was from dumpster diving. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, it's or guys so, that smartly took it home. I'd have taken it home. They didn't care. Yeah, right, they're right. throwing it out. I now, wish we known. Are these these designs the same ones that make it onto the the card backs that the figure was attached to? No, nope. that... uh, actually, the cops ones did. They were the oh cool. They Sorry. were the ones that were on the back of the first, and I think the second year pack. Um, because mm -hmm. the second year. Um, which is weird. I did two whole years of the toy in one year, but the second year, um, uh, I uh, we weren't supposed to do them. They sent them out to a, a freelancer to do the production paintings. And um, Mark and I had another buddy, Mark McNam in Jersey, who was a color guy, a painter. So he said, okay, Mark, you're going to apply to do these jobs. We're going to recommend you. And I'm going to pencil them. Mark's going to ink them and you're going to paint them. And uh, we got the gig. And I think the head of boys toys knew what was going on. He was pretty, pretty smart. And our, and our boss probably did too. And they didn't really care because it was cool stuff. And uh, so we did um, the second year and third year um, presentation art. And uh, we did the first year package art too, which they were That's pretty, cool. pretty annoyed with me, but. <laughs> well they were big bulky figures with you know yeah. real heroic because i talked they wanted to do the tops initially on the gi joe buck just at five inches and i was like mm. the book's so boring these are heroic you know comic book style characters so i talked them into letting me do the heroic size buck and the fat buck and the skinnier heroic buck um <laughs> which is pretty cool and i got to design the bucks too which was really neat but when That's they cool. when they hired McNabb to do the package art um and he sent it in these all these broad-shouldered guys and for some reason they didn't want any artwork to go behind the bubble you know the plastic mm -hmm. bubble on the top yeah. of the card yeah 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 and um it was kind of funny because I'm sort of coaching McNabb on what to tell them when they're yelling at him meanwhile I'm <laughs> on the other side of the thing saying this is awesome why do you guys care what's behind the bubble you know the bubble's clear you can still see the art it's ridiculous. Right. So they went with it, but then they didn't hire us for the second year. And that's why the second year, all the guys are shouldered and squeezed off to the side. Right. You know, now that you mention it, I never really noticed on like G.I. Joe's and Star Wars, did, did the pictures go behind the bubbles? I never really. No, they were usually. Okay. Out Is that like a side. standard industry thing? Try to keep it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's because then if you rip the plastic bubble off, you can still see the picture, I guess. Right. I, assume. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. they, they had weird rules. And, well, when we were kids, we all collected those cardboard backings. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would always. Right. So I, I guess, well, you, you know. You can mail them in for free figures sometimes. It was pretty, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> That's now, crazy. So did you, did you design all the, the characters from Cops? Is yeah. that like your... So you had, did they just give you, hey, these are the characters? Or did well, they, you say, we, Cops was a concept they bought from an outside development. Okay. You know, there's a lot of, I guess, small companies that 
throw out a bunch of toy ideas and shop them to all the toy companies and you know they buy some or not and they bought cops and um okay. i can't remember how many characters were in the thing maybe six or seven but mm -hmm. they were all just swipes from famous marvel comics i mean obviously okay. the big boss he was a swipe from a john ramita senior kingpin yeah right, you know, they, right. it was they were they were pretty bad swipes i mean <laughs> done a better job of swiping them but yeah and so i just took whatever characters those were and know redrew them cool and then um mm -hmm. you know tweaked them however we had talked about they needed tweaking and then you know added whatever characters were needed and then second and third year were all completely me and they wanted to go more less real and more superhero in second and third year that's why mm -hmm. the characters so, are a lot yeah. more a lot crazier in second and third yeah year. that makes sense yeah so, but that's kind of cool because now you're creating these characters. They're sculpting them into a three-dimensional, you know, image. And then you can kind of see. Now, did you actually go into like the toy stores and go, hey, that's that's the character I made or any of that stuff? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Going in and seeing them on the Try racks. Any of them they, didn't, they didn't stay on the racks long. Mm -hmm. they, uh, but they, they screwed up that line pretty bad because at the same time they were doing aerators. Oh, yes. Right. Their own... Completely, they own the property, Air Raiders. Mm -hmm. And they just thought it was going to be gangbusters. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> All those guys in voiceovers were like, really? You know? Yeah. I mean, because it was super cheap to make. I mean, from design all right. the way through. That's yeah. You know somebody was in that boardroom going, they're going to love it! Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it costs nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it's funny because when you, you were doing paints, like I was doing paints on the uh, for the figures for um, cops, I think I had like, I can't remember how it was broken down, but it was like eight cents a character paint. And like each color was a penny or something, depending on how much space it took. So you had to, okay, well, I can't do this, this part yellow. So that's all going to be blue, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It was just so down to the i mean literally to the penny and wow. they were just spending pennies on creating these things uh, <laughs> but they thought aerators were going to be great and i don't know if it's still the same but back then they had to order the um factory and how many units they were going to make before they had sales figures oh so they right. were guesstimating mm -hmm. and they thought aerators was going to be great so they pumped all their money into air raiders and they're like cops might be all right <laughs> so they just put a little money in that yeah and the cops sold out and stores well, yeah. were clamoring for more and they couldn't make them because it mm. was too late christmas season was over and air raiders i remember going to right. the hasbro store because they had a store where they yeah as an employee you could go in and buy stuff at a reduced mm. price That's half cool. price whatever it was and it was all air raiders they had so much air raider <laughs> stuff that Never, ever like, you can take a box when you leave. Buy one, get three. <laughs> but that, that killed the cops line. That first year of, of stores not being able because A, they couldn't fulfill the orders they got from stores and it flew off the store yeah. shelves, and that just killed the toy because they never ordered it again. So, second year came out mm -hmm. flat, and third year was killed, even though it was all I don't think they gotten into sculpting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this third year I did remote. Yeah. 
Yeah, because so, it's too bad because yeah, cops had the full animated series support. It had like a comic yeah. book that went with it. Narrators yeah. got four issues of the comic, and that was it. I was gonna <laughs> was say, how, how long did the uh, cops cartoon air for? How many years? Uh, I think it was just, just for one year. It was a sixty-five episode. Two seasons. Though. Two seasons. Uh, yeah, it might have been two, two but it was sixty. Yeah. 65 full episodes. Which I was going to say, yeah, I was... remember a lot of stories. So, yeah, that's yeah. why I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fighting crime in a future yeah. time. And then they had a... <laughs> That is right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they had that. They had a 12 issue maxi series with D- at DC where they where they had like their own stories they told, which was that's how I got back into comics. Well. I remember getting those. Oh, that's got yeah, yeah. Back into comics. Cops, so I had a mar- yeah. marketing was meeting with the DC editor and writer. We're going to do cops. And he's like, Bart, why don't you bring your portfolio and sit in with me? I know you like comics and all that stuff. I'm like, all right. So uh, they talked about it a little while. And uh, the guy's like, hey, Bart brought his portfolio. Why don't you guys look at it? So I showed my portfolio with comic work in it. And they were like, you want to draw comics? I'm like, sure. So they hired me to do. <laughs> and this, this is how comics work. They hired me to do issue four of cops. I'm like, issue four? It's like, it's not even out yet. It's like, well, the guy doing issue one is still way behind where he's supposed to be. I'm like, okay. So I'll do issue four. And then I call the guy when I get the issue in, and I'm like, hey, I just quit Hasbro. He's like, what do you mean quit Hasbro? I can't <laughs> guarantee you work. I'm like, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. The editor at DC. So I finished issue four, and he's like, all right, great. Yeah, that looks good. And uh uh, your next job is going to be issue three. I'm like, just did issue four. Like, I'm really behind. Yeah. Like, well, the guy's still really behind. I'm like, all right, so three next, and then a bunch of covers, and moved on to other things. But hmm. that's how I got back into comics. That's pretty- the year at Hasbro. I I learned how to better use time and and be more professional and more have a better uh, quality control. Hmm the work without spending you know countless hours trying to make it perfect how many how, how long does that take so if there's they say well we're looking for renderings or something for you know this project what's usually the the timeline that you have to kind of flush it out and and produce something for them usually with comics it's like one page per day so mm-hmm. five pages a week that was the the regular schedule hmm. you know which wasn't always the case like you'd pencil a page a day and ink or ink a page a day colorists could do more back then but mm. um mm. that was the the normal uh plan schedule anyways but like i got into comics my one two my second pro my actually my fourth project actually my third project at dc i had to do 24 pages in three days of pencils that was a oh, mess wow. <laughs> wow. and uh because yeah, then, if you're talking uh, about a page a day, and most yeah. are 22 pages, yeah, you're talking like yeah. a month. Now you got to do that in two days. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was 18 crazy. pages in three days. Sorry. So I had to do six a day. That's still a lot. That was not good work, but that's what they asked of me. And then I uh, mm. had this big 80-page monster, but that I had to do eight pages a week for 10 weeks. That was that was tough, but I was able mm. to keep the quality up on that, which was great. So yeah. that was very lucky. Yeah, you, I think that's one thing you never really realize when you read a read and go, "Wow, this looks great." You don't think, "Wow, they're doing a, a page a day or whatever, even less." So that's 
that's pretty uh pretty crazy yeah. that turnaround no, they, they now it's it. less most guys don't do monthly books anymore i don't think the companies mm -hmm. even do monthly books they do like arcs so this guy will do four yes. series at the same time he's working on four issues yep. somebody else is working on the next four yep. and then somebody else is working on the next two issue and then somebody else is doing a three you know it's just yeah. it's just yeah there's there's no more like love to get spider-man 500s yeah yeah no yeah. yeah. all those are gone what when you started with the comics it always interested me so you obviously you started just drawing figures growing up um uh characters but once you started doing comics was there that learning curve where you had to you know you always see like different angles that the pictures are from where it's down yeah. low and you're up high or or you're you know just I think the different angles they use make the story jump out versus, you know, mm -hmm. did you have to learn that okay. or was that just part of like art school and they yeah, figured that out? That's, uh, it's part of learning, but the, the narrative art part, that's the part I really, probably the only part I really love about drawing is that part, um, telling the story mm -hmm. and making it interesting with the different camera angles and the different shots and, Making them tie together yeah, and kind of like panels, being a you know, progress story to story. That was the right. interesting part, and that was a part that you know came naturally or more naturally to me. I mean, it's, are the do the writers not. do the writers give you guidance in the story like that, or is that just your, try. All your, you just create? But they aren't. Most writers aren't visual. Yeah, you know, there's a there's one or two I've worked with that are extremely visual. They see the story very visually, and comic writing is fun. I've known a a lot of people that have written novels and you know movies and different stuff that wanted to write a comic and just fail miserably because it's such a different yes. um, art form mm -hmm. you know and i've known a lot of guys that write comics that try to write novels and couldn't do that either but <laughs> yeah. a very a very different art form mm -hmm. um uh, but i was taught by Joe Kubert, no less, in the Kubert School. Sure. That once sure. I got the script, whether it was a panel, you know, a plot, which is just, you know, page one, panel one, Joe sits in his chair. Page one, panel two, Joe looks up is Susie enters through the door. You know, that's simple. And sometimes it can a plot can just yeah. be a paragraph and you have to figure out what to draw completely, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, stretch it out 20 some odd pages <laughs> yeah um like i did a comic spider woman that john byrne uh, wrote and he just wrote a series of sentences mm -hmm. and i had to take those sentences and make them a 22 page story oh wow you know there were no page breaks or anything which was fine i mean that's fun for me that's fodder um and and some guys really like like alan moore wrote a script for me once for violator a couple scripts and it, it was mm -hmm. like that thick mm -hmm. i mean he wrote I mean, it was so detailed. He would describe everything on the desk mm. the room that had absolutely no significance in the story. You know, there were four pencils in the pencil holder. <laughs> and he also did little thumbnail sketches of all the pages as he saw them. Oh, so I got right. this packet like this. It was like, what the hell? But what I learned, uh, what Joe taught me is once you get that in your hands, that's your script. I mean, you can't change the story. But it's your job to tell this story. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. I've always looked at the script. That's just my chum or whatever. You know, that's I use that as my story basis. If there's dialogue in the thing, you know, I make make it work where it's got to go. But I'll change pages, add panels, you know, do whatever I need to to tell the story the way I see it because that's my job. 
right. No, that's interesting. Like the inker's job is to ink what I give him, but to embellish it. He's not supposed to trace it. What's mm -hmm. the point of that? Right. You know, so, but he's supposed mm -hmm. to, you know, take that raw material they get, whether it's the plot and script or the pencils or the inks or, you know, I guess the clerk's the last guy, but yeah. And then make it their own. They have to add right. something to it. So I guess that's yeah. why, like, didn't like Frank Miller and um, Todd McFarlane, didn't they start to write and do the drawings at the same time? Or yeah. Because I think which, they had that in their head, I guess, what they well, wanted it, to see. The way uh, a lot of comics, like strip comics, which is where it all grew from, you know, newspaper strips, a lot of those guys wrote and drew yep. the strip themselves. Sure. But when it came to comic book production, you know, A, back in the day, they didn't make a lot of money. So if you were going to write a comic, you know, you need to write four or five. If you were going to draw a comic, you wanted to draw two a month. You know, Jack Kirby could draw mm -hmm. like six a month, you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, production <laughs> was fast. So you yeah. didn't really have the luxury of, you know, crafting a story and drawing it. Right. That only came later with, mm -hmm. I mean, I think Frank Miller was the first major one to really um, grab hold of the writing reins and pencil at the same time. And then that got other guys thinking, mm -hmm. hey, I can do that. So it changed right. uh, the face <laughs> of the industry. And now, you know, a lot of indie books are, were always that way. But now, you know, it's not uncommon yeah. for mainstream books uh, to, to be that way. The only trouble with that is time. So I'm sure it's easier now if, A, you're doing an indie mm -hmm. book, which you're putting out for a year or a Kickstarter or something, or, you know, working on a, right. a, a, a mini series. Right, the right. bigger companies. That's a lot of work to write and draw on. I can admit, yeah. Now, when you returned to, to Marvel, you said you know we returned to DC Marvel. How long did you work in the comic industry then? At this point, you know you had the short term in the eighties. Now you're back here and uh, well, let's see. I, I worked at I worked at Hasbro for a year. So in eighty five, I started in comics. I think eighty six, roughly. I worked at at uh, Hasbro. And then 87 on, it was pretty much comics, even though I did a lot of toy work in there. I did a lot of stuff for Hasbro. Some uh, Remember the trace plate set they used to do? Freelance. Do, where they were. Yeah, all yeah. freelance. They do those trace plates with a, they take a drawing and they raise up the thing. So you put a paper over it. Yeah, it's like those fashion plates. Trace it. Yeah, exactly. I did a WWF, back when it was WWF, when a wrestler set. Uh, Batman set for the second Batman movie back in the day. That's cool. and, uh, I did a bunch of wrestler toys, and uh, then in the in the 90s, I did a whole mess of the Marvel um, Toy Biz Marvel Heroes. Line. Oh, okay, a boatload of figures. That was, like yeah, that was three pretty, years. Pretty big line back at that point. It was like the first really. You know, uh, the very broad yeah. Marvel line they did. It was a pretty cool one. No, it, it was before uh, McFarlane Toys took off. And yes. Toys became more sculptural than right. um, movable. <laughs> and now they've gone back to be both, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, Even McFarlane is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was fun. But, now, uh, um, so what, what are some of the other um, series you got to work on? Uh, like, were there dream projects or dream books that you were hoping that you could got to? Well, Justice League was 
was was really cool that I got to do Justice League Europe. That was uh, you know, the first big thing. I guess the second big thing I did because I did the invasion series. Mm-hmm. I remember um, that. <laughs> and and there because I was I got hired to do a couple of those cops issues. I did a bunch of covers while I was waiting for other work. And they he gave me Spectre Monthly mm. um as a book. And that was the one I had six pages done. And he called me on a Monday night and um asked me if I wanted to do that 80 page giant issue three of invasion when they used to do the big summer crossovers Mm -hmm. and um i said sure and he's like okay well bring in you know you got to come in friday for a meeting friday morning at 11 we're having a big meeting about it like okay and he's like you got to bring in pages i'm like all right i'm bringing what i have done he's like well no you got to bring in all the pages and there are 18 pages left and that's when i had tuesday wednesday and thursday (laughs) do the last 18 pages of i think it was spectrum 21 So I did those and brought them in and, and did Invasion. And the reason I got Invasion is that was McFarland's big project at DC. It was his first big thing. And uh, he quit because they hired him to do Spider-Man. So he left oh. to do Spider-Man. <laughs> and they had yeah. nobody to do all this work suddenly. So that's how I got Invasion. And mm. because I came in and did Invasion on time, did a good job. They gave me Justice League Europe to do as a... Yeah, reward because that's how it worked back in the day. Doesn't work that way anymore, but that's how it worked back. <laughs> then. And um, so that was really cool. Yeah. And did that for a while and got to do some some Batman stuff and led the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And then I jumped ship to that's Valiant, cool. got to do EXO and Turok. Briefly. Okay, yeah, those were I, those were cool. Then, uh, Turok was a good one. Did some other stuff. What did I do? I don't know. Then I went back to. Valiant when it was a claim and did more exo. And uh at some point I got over to Marvel and did Spider Woman for a long time. And then I got to write and draw Blade, which was a blast. Oh yeah. And That's uh, cool. was that around the time of the movie? Marvel. Pardon? Yeah. Was that before the movie that I was, I was... No, it was a sadly after the movie. I did some blade okay. stuff around the time of the movie and they wanted to do a blade monthly book. And they kept getting, and they hired me to do Blade Monthly, and they kept getting proposals in from guys that just weren't good. And yeah. they didn't like them, and I didn't like them. And finally, I was like, after about a year, I was like, could I submit a proposal? And they were like, sure. So I submitted one, and they liked it, and they hired me to write and draw it. But nice. they didn't push the schedule back any. So I think I drew <laughs> four or five, penciled four or six pages or something. And then I, I realized there was no way I was going to make the schedule. So I asked if I could do breakdowns instead. So I did breakdowns uh, for the first rest of issue one and the uh, the next four issues. But at that point, the schedule had pushed so badly that oops, I had to uh, they had to bring in another artist to do the last two issues. Now, what do you what do you mean by breakdowns? Just so um, I can show you. Uh, let's see. This would be like a breakdown. Just like all the information, but it's mm-hmm. not telling you where to put blacks or how to render. Okay. Like that detail in the background type of stuff would be that somebody else would take that or? Well, I, there would be detail in the background. Okay. Okay. Um, but then something like, let's see. 
And then this would be like more full pencils where everything oh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah drawn out Very and cool. the inker just has to decide, you know, how to use line rather than where to put blacks and rendering and texture. Okay. Gotcha. So it's more like you, you do a really like just a nice detailed pencil sketch and they sort of fill in that yeah. You know, the, they do the, the, like the finishing on the, the, on the shadows and yeah, you know. Okay. Oh no, and, that makes you know, sometimes sense. Sometimes you indicate, but you don't have to be. <laughs> yeah. Pardon? No, that that makes sense. I just, you know, obviously we're yeah. not in the business, so I just no, wanted no, to understand cool. what you were talking about there. Yeah. No, it's neat. <laughs> no, that's good because I'm I'm sure a lot of people don't know. And uh, but breakdowns are obviously faster. Like I can do right six right. pages of breakdowns a day isn't a isn't too big a deal. Right. You know, four right. to six is relatively easy. Where a page of pencils is, you know, sometimes five pages a week turns into Saturday too. So right. Mm -hmm. And that just makes it uh the, the so the, the the anchor needs to do a little bit more on his end then. Exactly. So so you get paid a little less for breakdowns, he gets paid a little more for finishes. Gotcha. But uh and that's how I did most of Spider Woman was breakdowns. Which because uh, <laughs> strangely they paid you very little less to do so much less work. So I was like <laughs> I know this is a commercial. Like I've, been, I've been busting my ass all these years. <laughs> yeah. So now, uh, now, well, what other types of? Went. Yeah. Have Have you ex you've expanded out past comics and toys? Have you done other uh, sorts of projects? Yeah, I've done a lot of video game concept art hmm. and stuff. I've worked at a couple of companies. And and done quite a bit freelance. I did all the concept art for a uh, Universal Monsters video game that mm. was canceled, of course, after the Mummy came out with Tom Cruise. <laughs> Just, um, they canceled. Yeah, they canceled every project after that movie came yep. out. That's <laughs> dunk. Yeah, they had just started doing uh, some. They had just started, you know, sculpting a bunch of figures and doing some preliminary animations and stuff. And I was like, oh, but. <laughs> That would have been cool. Yeah, uh, no video game I've ever worked on has actually been produced. So, really, there's yeah. that many that are just concepts that they actually don't uh, push forward, huh? Wow. Yeah, yeah. They'll spend uh, most of these were for small companies, so there weren't you know billions of dollars. I mean, barely anybody spent because they pay you dirt in those situations when they're small companies. But still, would have been nice to have one. That we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no I'm doubt. sure. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool to see that time, you know, realized oh. on screen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have a ton of artwork. You were just showing us behind you there. So what what is it that you're working on these days? Uh, these days I I just finished a uh video game gig that will never be produced. <laughs> Nothing I did will. They might come out with a game, but it's supposed to come out. It's supposed to come out in September, then October, then after. And I don't know. I haven't been there since October, so I don't know if it'll ever come out or how it's going to change or something. But nothing I did will ever be in there. And mm. um, let's see. Um, working on some odd comic jobs and okay. commissions and. Uh, some of my own projects got some pitches out hopefully they'll uh they'll take hopefully i should hear 
Would that be like comic based stuff? stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So Very we'll cool. see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Is it a lot easier these days? Like back when you started, you had to basically move to New York City, right? To to do your well, the artwork, was, weren't they? All in a I was building? lucky. I was close enough, so I could drive in. You know, you could drive in. You know? Yeah. And uh, so I could go in, and, and you show up on the doorstep. That's how I got the marble work. I just showed up one day yeah. at the door. I was like, anybody free to look at a portfolio? And they were like, let's uh, see who's free. So I got huh. in and walked around and met wow. a yeah. guys. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was far different times. I, yeah. I would say it's much harder now. Really? Yeah. Nice. You walked in the door. So many more people. With a portfolio. They're like, oh, yeah. They, they're never dirty. <laughs> but you know now everybody wants to draw comics or we want to see, you know uh, video game art and with the advent of computers you know almost anyone you know with enough training can do really high level art so mm -hmm. so much of his paint over photos different stuff it's uh yep. it's a different world and much more competitive than it was you know when i got into comics you know like i said before nobody wanted to draw them mm. <laughs> And you so think, like, too, back then, you know, a standard print run was, you know, a few million copies they'd print. That was, a you know, right. the big yeah. studios. Nowadays, it's such a fraction of that. Oh, God, um, yeah. Yeah, DC would, would think about killing a book when I was there in the 80s if it hit, if it dropped to a 30,000 orders. That's when they would think about it. Now, if you've got a book with yeah. 30,000 orders, it's top of the list. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, sure. Right, that's a, that's a hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a whole it's, different it's... business. Mm -hmm. so, but now there's <laughs> eight million copies every month, or eight million comics that come out. You know, yeah. back when I started, there weren't nearly as many books. Right, it, right, right. They saturated the market, and I think that helped kind of yeah kill it off a little bit because it was no. like you you couldn't collect everything anymore. You know, like when you were a kid. When you're a kid. You could basically get just about everything they were releasing from Marvel yeah. that well, week, or what you know. Yeah, I think when I started, DC might have had twenty monthly titles. Yeah, maybe. yeah. And you could go to the comic book shop with a five dollar bill and come yeah. out with a pretty big stack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, you get one. Or five. Yeah. You get one. <laughs> if you're lucky, you get maybe. one. <laughs> maybe if you're lucky. But printing is crazy expensive too. Unless yeah. you're yeah. printing. I mean, yeah. but printing was so cheap back then because they were hmm. printing so many. I mean, when I started. Like I think the top of the line DC or Marvel book would maybe sell four or five hundred thousand copies mm -hmm. in that range. Yeah, and uh, most of their books were selling one fifty, two hundred thousand in that range. Um, and then, but in the nineties, when the collectors got into it, yeah, um, you know they were going three million copies, four million yeah. copies, six. Well, because they did variants, you know, they had yep. different covers, and then you yep. had to have them all. Believe me, I know because I got them. <laughs> and now they're not worth anything. <laughs> you know? yep. so, but you know, and I do remember like uh I remember Stan Lee tried that foray into online comics and that really never mm. took off. Um so and I it think still that really hasn't. It. Yeah. Still really hasn't. I mean, there's just it's just a different format. It's difficult. Yeah. I don't think everybody's cracked that online nut. Yeah, it's, well, it's not the same. Yeah. You know, and, and I gotta tell you, even because I used to love the comics of the 70s and 80s and I maybe mm -hmm. it could have been asbestos for all I know but I used to love to just smell them you know yeah. what I mean the smell yeah, of that the, new print the smell, of, the smell of those comics yeah. it, it you were, been, I don't know you know yeah every kid that ever cracked a comic and fell in love they, that smell it just brings them right yeah, back it does, right yeah. back yeah 
hundred percent. Yeah, but you're not going to get that. Thing, the same thing the same anymore, but and I love that old newsprint and the black yes. color and all this yes. colored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like four color, but yeah, exactly. love that stuff. But the same can be said too about the toy industry. I mean, it's not the same as it was when you were there. It was like golden age. You know, there were so yeah, many cool right. concepts and characters and. You know, everything was driven by. I tell you, one of the cool, uh, you know, those designs and those things. One of the coolest things that I got to do when Hasbro hired me, and they, I was there two weeks, and I designed two two GI Joes, and then they put me immediately on cops. And uh, my first task was to go to the toy store and get whatever I wanted. That's right. Cool. So I got a bunch of He-Man cool. shit and all kinds of oh, stuff. Yeah. I don't know how much I spent. It was probably only a couple <laughs> yeah. hundred bucks at the time, but I came back with arm loads. They give me awesome. like a corporate credit card and they're like, go for it. Go nuts. <laughs> I think it just you yeah, pay they, for it and then turn it into your body. Turn yeah. into receipts. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. awesome, though. I mean, how yeah. much fun is that? <laughs> you gotta I mean, it just, it's great research. Yeah, yeah it's great home. research. You put them all in your basement <laughs> and you're like, no. <laughs> Nobody opened nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna lock hey, my office door. Still at Hasbro. I didn't kind of play. Yeah, yeah. It's not that way. I couldn't do it. Yeah, but uh, well, that's cool. The other, the other funny thing about Hasbro is there were two character boy toy boys toys character artists, Ron Rudat and my buddy Mark Pennington, who were both on GI Joe, and I think Ron was at that time doing some more high level concept stuff with uh, whatever the. They had a couple guys that were just doing like dream design stuff down in some special room or whatever. But uh, after about six weeks or something, they pulled me aside, Ron and Mark, and they said, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "You, uh, you're making us look bad." I'm like, <laughs> "Like you're working too fast. We have created a system here." <laughs> I, so I swear to God, my my year at Hasbro, I did this most of the time. <laughs> Trying to throw a pencil I mean, I into done, the ceiling. I could have done six years of cops easy, you know, but yeah. it's yeah. just, and, you know, Ron was over there painting his own stuff. And Mark's over there inking comic books. And the boss would walk in and they didn't care, but I couldn't draw anything else at Hasbro. <laughs> I, I mean, I was paid to be there and work, so I did the work that just wasn't right a lot but i was like god i just couldn't sit there and work on other stuff i was breaking out of sweat if i pulled out some other cover i had to draw or something yeah. I just could not do it. it's always the old time and they're like what are you doing yeah you're killing <laughs> us over here okay i'd walk into some cubicle looking for a guy man and you know finally i realized that they take naps under their tables uh. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Oh, granted, the pay was dirt. I mean, yeah. it really was. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least yeah. for me starting out, it was dirt. Oh, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but still, it was, it was nuts. No, no well, that's it, awesome, though. Have you, have you, you've probably been through the, uh, you know, the, the convention ringer quite oh, yeah. a bit, you know. Yep. Uh, what, what are, some of the bigger ones that you've you've attended that are in uh, over the years. Oh, San Diego used to be great. I used to love to go to San Diego before before you know before it became a 
you know, celebrity show. Yeah. Like mainstream right. and every, yeah. And, right. It was, it's uh, comics, you know, you yeah, went, it, it was, was like just a, comics and it was, you know, a hundred thousand people coming to look right. at comics and uh, that loved comics from all over the world. And that was a great show back in the early nineties. Um, mm-hmm. That was a great show. And even, uh, even up into the early two thousands, you know, up at the time, that was about the time wizards started doing movie stuff and, and yeah, got out of the toy thing and the that's just when the show started doing um celebrity signings and stuff i guess it was in the early mm-hmm. 2000s right and that's when the yep. shows really started to change and uh the last time i did san diego was 2015 or something and i would never go back i mean if i had a tv show yeah i hear that a lot i, I would go there for comics from a lot of artists yeah i wouldn't, just, I wouldn't do it's that not i mean the same. still there's still some good comic shows. There's Baltimore. There's um, there's a South Carolina. Uh, I can't think of the name of that one. It's in Greenville. That's a good one. Um, and then there's a, there's been a few more that spring up that uh, cater mostly to comics, which are pretty cool. And uh, there's apparently a good one in Connecticut, which I'm finally getting to go to this year. Terrificon, uh, I think is a yeah yeah Terrificon. That's supposed to be a great comic show. So I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, there's some of the smaller shows are pretty good comic shows um, still, but they all have yeah. some celebrity um, presence these yeah. days, which is fun. I got, <laughs> I was hit show uh, a couple of years ago and Sergeant Slaughter was there. <laughs> yeah. I think his son goes to the shows with him because um, he's older now. And after the show, they were sitting there at a bar, and I was next to them. We weren't together, but the UFC was on the bar camera, and I overheard Slaughter. He tapped his son, and he's like, look at that fake fighting. And he started rolling. <laughs> it was funnier than hell. Because I, of course, was there in the 80s. But, you know, wrestling was, you know, the expose yeah. is wrestling. Wrestling was fake. And yeah. I got his eardrums pop, the reporter. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Insane. And it was funny to see that that was something that obviously <laughs> resonated with the Sarge. Yep. So. Who was the only living G.I. Joe, the only actual human G.I. Joe, other him and Yeah, that's Bison. true. Yeah, because yeah, there, there was a ref, uh, Refrigerator Perry, but he's passed along. Yeah. Yep. Oh, maybe it was Refrigerator, not Tyson. Yep. Yeah, but he, but he uh, yeah, he's passed on. So the Sarge yeah. is the last one, the actual living. Yeah, yeah. And think about that. You're right. Yeah, Ro- Rocky was supposed to be, but it never came to fruition. It was planned, but never happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's right. cool. And that's for the best. What the hell is Rocky? Gonna <laughs> right. Do? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rambo. Yes. Rocky. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, but it's but it's funny. You get to see a lot of a lot of crazy stuff. I did a show in uh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, neat! Really? That was nuts. That was nuts. And uh, yeah. is it is it or the comics sell well there? Or no? Okay, I was gonna say I'm like what it the was. Hell it was paid for by the royal family. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, okay. And the show shut down. You know, they kicked everybody out, and you had to stay there. Is the one of the princes who loves comics came through and. He went to all the booths and come to mine, but That's too he funny. went to the booths he wanted to and bought artwork and comics and different stuff. And you know, they yeah. would come and tell you, okay, you can go now. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was essentially yeah. a show for the the prince to get some artwork. I was gonna say it's a little. <laughs> I can see that being a little sketchy, you know, like you you draw for the prince now. Okay, <laughs> All right, no. you, you can't leave. But uh, a couple of the guys I met though, and this is uh, funny. Um, uh, uh, an actor and his cousin. I met him on the plane out. We were on the same uh, uh, flight, and. Uh, I think I, I met him on the way out there, realized we were both going to the same place for the same thing. And uh, I saw them like the Sunday morning of the last day of the show or something. And they looked like hell. And they were like, oh, we didn't get into like four. I'm like, what happened? They were like, well, these guys came along and asked us if we wanted to go to a party after the show. You know, because he's an actor and it's cool to have an actor at, at the party. Hmm. So they uh, were picked up outside the hotel, you know, in black SUV. Mm-hmm. and they're driving and it's dark there's not a lot of lights all over you know if you're in the heart of the city there's nowhere else there's street lights or anything and they're driving and driving in the dark and they're getting kind of nervous <laughs> they're going you know, for like an hour or something yeah and they have no idea where they're going and uh suddenly they can see like lights up ahead and it's like a walled compound and then as they get closer they hear rock music and disco and lights are flashing and they go inside and it's some guy's, you know, private, whatever, you know, um, mansion, compound, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it was this huge party, alcohol, drugs, rock music, <laughs> everybody dancing, nobody, you know, wearing any of, you know, just right. girls. And uh, right. they were like, this is crazy. And they walk around the place. And there's like just solid gold grandfather clocks and just immense wealth just dripping everywhere yeah. and they're talking to the guys and they're like well where do you guys get alcohol because you know it's a sin there basically and they're yeah. like the army base yeah <laughs> u.s army base so wow. huge black market there and of course they're hypocrites with all their oh right right they want they, they want know, that western everyone with money in saudi arabia is part of the royal plan and they probably yeah. should be right. saying you know. that's okay they're not watching believe they me. won't listen but uh they're not listening you know, that out. edit that out Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy but met a lot of young um um female artists who were really into comics and really into drawing you know had their little instagram accounts doing their stuff and had so many questions and were so nice and pleasant it was it was pretty cool yeah that's cool it's yeah. a guy, it's a great unique experience right there. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep, it was uh, it was really cool. It was pretty fun. Yeah, strange, strange. But fun. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, especially in a culture that's not accustomed to you know, yeah. comics like this culture is. So it's, right, yeah, it's gonna right. be a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Who was, knows it over there? Bizarre. It might throw <laughs> you off a building for drawing over there. You never know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But they were they were they're cool. A lot of the those uh, Middle Eastern countries are really trying to get into comics and mm-hmm. build their culture there. I guess mm-hmm. you know Abu Dhabi's oh, no. big. Maybe yeah, they'll call you for a there. gig. You know, you over there. Yeah, they're trying to get their own comic companies going, and of course, oh. money's no problem. So the, yeah, right, 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 exactly. So they tend to hire <laughs> you know editors and people here that know what they're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. help train. I mean, they, they just—they just bought their own golf league. 
You know what I mean? So I, I'm assuming they got some cash for comic books over there. A little, a little <laughs> bit of cash. Yeah. Yeah. cash. Yeah. Yes. Right. Holy Christ. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. So you you have anything you're going to? Anything to plug here before we uh, shut her down? Or? No. No? Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Not really. Just my website, BartSearsArt.com. Cool. BartSearsArt.com, yeah. Definitely. If I can send you guys um, some... Are if you want to show it, absolutely, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you some of the cops toy art, some of the W. Oh, awesome! That'd be great. Pop up, you know, bartshoesart.com. That'd be great. And I recommend it. The website is incredible. I mean, the artwork and what you've got displayed is just just mind blowing. It's incredible work. It's, it's, I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, yeah, just in awe. And I'm like, yeah, to be able to have that, that kind of a talent, um. You know, being in art class years ago and trying to, you know, draw things out and and taking it to that next level is just mm-hmm. it, it's thanks, yeah. so thank and thanks for being part of our yeah, and yeah so no, fun, man. Anytime. I hope awesome. uh hope we can have you back sometime because you got a lot Definitely. of good stories. It's fun. That'd yeah. be great. Anytime. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, thanks so much. All right, okay, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you. Rich. Nice to meet you. Here, I'll see you again, Kyle. All right, we'll see you too. All right, bye bye guys. Mirage, Bullseye, Mace, Barricade, and they call me Bulletproof. These are Empire City's most wanted crooks. Berserko, Rock Crusher, Misdemeanor, Turbo Two-Tone, Dr. Bad Vibes, Nightshade, Use Caution in Apprehending, 